visit with fucking drivers today. Holy son of a bitch. Do you want me to hold the mic for you? We're going to be in traffic for a half hour. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now, as we're pulling up, as we're trying to make our escape from Sundance. Are we recording? Yeah, yeah. We're Get me the hell out of here! <laughs> are, are we? Are we on? Is are we on? on? <laughs> is this Mike hot? Oh my goodness! I'm sitting in. We're in the. What is, is this? Alt four nine? We're in the, the Rock one zero six seven Man Up Hummer. Man Up. Uh, yeah. Who's Alt four, nine and four nine? Is that Cumulus? That's Cumulus. Yeah. So I, I always get. I always get Man Up. Uh, yeah, I always get one of yeah, I always get those two confused. Well, good for you. Yeah, I know. I have a big old chart of all the radio stations, and I'm still like trying to memorize them. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Do you, you have that in the periodic table, dude? The periodic <laughs> periodic table is no joke. You know, no. it's no joke. I'm still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly failed biology because of that damn per- periodic table. H two O. What the hell is that? Had to had to hand in powerpoints on clouds in order to get some extra credit. <laughs> Nah, man, but what what did you, uh, Sundance, so yeah, we were there, uh, we got to interview a guy who was really interested. He's the, the beat reporter for Sundance for the Associated Press, so he's the know-it guy, Yeah. and I came up here a little overwhelmed, I think, with you, like, you know, we, they're really unhelpful to media here. Like, well, no one knows what they're doing, they're all volunteers, like, I've, I've already had to come up and down twice to pick up my press pass and i only needed to come once it was ridiculous yeah and aaron is his name mcginn mcgillis uh something like that yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just met him i don't know you know how bad i am with names (laughs) well he was very informative and gave us some good guidance on how to navigate and get interviews with stars yeah, that was really cool. He gave me a lot of good advice. I'm going to have to come back tomorrow and implement it. Are we going to do it? I mean, because you have to be up here at 8.30, he said, in the morning. Yeah, I don't know. There's well, no way in hell I would be here at 8.30. See, it's, I don't, why is it so hard for you to get up so early? It's not hard. It's just I don't get up unless I'm getting paid. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, 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 First of all, it is hard for you to get up. Because <laughs> you, you get up, what, at like the crack of noon? Like, is that when you get up? <laughs> if I can. <laughs> No, normally I'm very good at getting up early, but I bought a, I bought a PlayStation 4 over Christmas, and I bought Fallout 4. So Is that a good game? Oh, it's phenomenal. I never, I still haven't played Fallout 3, or 2, or 1. Well, it's amazing. It's a great role-playing game. and Is it worth getting a PS4? Oh, yeah. Yeah? No, it's, it's incredible how smooth the PlayStation 4 is. But it keeps me up way late like a much later than i should be like normally i go to bed around one and i've been going to bed around four like i'm on the straight comedian marcus like wow program see you know when i was working at abc and we had our out when i was working the the three to eleven or yeah three to eleven shift um i would go to bed around two or three just because you just end up staying up late now that i have to get up earlier like dude i'm in bed i'm in bed like by midnight like yeah. when it when midnight rolls around, I'm in bed. And then I get up around like seven, seven thirty, and I, I feel great, man. I, honestly, switching over has been one of the best things for me. Like I drove up to here to Park City, uh, I got up, I got up at like five thirty. We got here at like seven twenty to pick up our uh, press passes. It took you almost two hours to get up here. No, I woke up at five thirty, oh. ended up here at seven twenty. Ah, yeah. Why? You know, I don't, I don't. <sighs> You said earlier you would want to live here. I really, I don't think I could do that. I do not think I could live out here. 
Oh, I absolutely could. Especially, I'd live in Heber, too, which is like 20 miles uh, east of here. I like Heber. I've stayed at a bed and breakfast out there once. Yeah. But, like, if I were here for Sundance, I would rent my house out. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Who do I know? Someone, uh, uh, one of the salespeople I know, they own a place up here. They put it on Airbnb, and they're making, like, a month's worth of rent in a weekend. Oh, yeah. Easily. I don't know. What do you think about the Uber helicopter? That seems to be the thing everyone's talking about. Well, we've spent probably an hour and a half in traffic today. If I had the money, I'd pay the 200 bucks. No problem. You know, if I had the money, I would have I paid it just to do it. I'm all about experience more than anything. Experience and efficiency are like the two things I shoot for. So, you know, that helicopter kind of nips that in the butt. If I pay 200 bucks, I get to be in a helicopter, and I get to make a grand entrance at Sundance. <laughs> which is walking out with your balls hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at me, world. I love how that's your grand entrance. You go right for the balls. Like, <laughs> are those, I've always suspected that the balls might be the best thing about you. <laughs> have them dipped in gold. <laughs> Oh man, I would not ride a helicopter with my balls out. That's not <laughs> that's not on my bucket list. No. You have you have whole other types of bucket lists than I do. <laughs> Is that not aerodynamic enough for you, sir? I, I'm thinking about the sights. He's thinking about pressing his balls against the window as he's flying a helicopter over Sunday. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. Uh, I wanna see some movies, you know, so hopefully, you know, I'll be able to get in to see some movies, but Sundance, I don't know, man. Being out there, seeing it, I don't know if this is something I'd want to do next year. I'm not sure. No, I won't be back next year. Uh, yeah. After the way they treated me and my observations of how poorly they've treated television and radio in general. Uh, the local media. The locals Yeah, in and that, that was very interesting talking to the Associated Press beat writer for Sundance is him talking about their interest in national and international media versus Salt Lake media. And, you know, he's not a local guy. No. He's a New York guy. So he gets treated completely different. But, you know, he was saying that his press pass was probably bought. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to give a price because I don't know if he said it on air or off air. But he, he said it into the microphone. Did it? So it was a couple I thousand believe bucks. He did. It yeah. bucks. I believe he did, yeah. yeah. I don't see the value in that. But, well, I don't know. He got his in Jan- July. I It's yeah. interesting because, like, they came to me back in, was it January? No, it was uh, December, I think. I had to submit my uh, press credentials. Of this year. Yeah, of this, yeah, yeah, of this year. Yeah, that's when Wayne and I did ours, too. But, you know, all the rumor I've heard is you do it in August. You know, because if you do it in December, they've already filled up everything. Yeah. So you got to get there early. See, maybe, you know what, maybe next year I'll apply a little earlier and see, because I don't know, they came to me and, you know, when I applied back in December, so. No, I'll have to say, uh, in the last four or five months, we've covered Comic-Con. Yeah. We're in the process of covering Sundance. Yeah. And I think I'd rather work with a homeless shelter and AIDS foundation than uh, do these types of things. You know, I don't like big media events. That's no, one thing I've kind of learned working in this industry. Like, I don't enjoy going to the big media, like the so-called must-be, must-see places. Like, I don't know, would you go to the Oscars if you had the option? Uh, I mean, if I were working it, yeah. but not. If you were working it? What do you mean? If I were working at NBC or CBS, uh. whoever owns it, and I was filming it. But no, I... That stuff doesn't interest me at all. The gossip of Hollywood, what's going on with the Kardashians, does not interest me at all. 
You know, I'm not a tabloid. I'm not interested Gumshoe in Gumshoe Bloom is not a tabloid no. journalist. Unless it's Selena Gomez nude photos, then I'm there. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> Jeez. Tough crowd in this summer. I, 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 I can't tell you on mic. I'm going to have to tell you something <laughs> off mic about Selena Gomez. But, yeah, uh... I don't know if I'd want to go to the Oscars. I mean, maybe, maybe. You know what? I'll do anything once. I'll be honest. I'll do anything once. See, I'd go to a World Series or a Super Bowl. Um, that would be cool. And I'm not even a big sports fan. Like, I watch 200 live games a year. But, yeah, I was going to ask you, how do you, like, because I, I, we went, I went to that Ute game yeah. the other day. They played, was it Oregon State? Yeah. Or, or, I always the get the Ducks and the State confused. Yeah, yeah. So, we saw Oregon State play. Player trips a ref mm. right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. I I actually uh, I went back and watched the clip, and I was so happy I was all in black because you couldn't really see me, which is my goal, is to be an inanimate. We're object. so opposite. I would but, have been like, oh, no, like right I, in the I frame. Popped. I fucking popped. <laughs> really? Like my eyes and eyebrows went way up. My jaw <laughs> hit my fat belly. And I was like, I can't believe I fucking just saw this guy trip an NBA ref. Like yeah. he 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 uh, does Pac-12 stuff. But he was a layover from the Jazz game, and he is a big-time NBA ref. That kid, he just disrespected the game, you know? Like, I don't – if he's on scholarship, I doubt he still is now. Well, they suspended him four games, and that might not be the end of it. I don't even know if Larry Scott, the commissioner of the Pac-12, has weighed in yet. I'm sure he has by now. But if he were my player, he would have walked back to Corvallis. Really? Yeah. I would have been done with them. Wow. That's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. And Pac-12 is big-time hoops. You know, yeah. it's not the whack. It's not the big sky. It was a, it was the number one trend on on Sports Center. Really? Yeah. How, do you ever get tired of the sports? Because, like, I don't know. Like, when, when the Pac-12 stuff started coming up, I just couldn't imagine myself being at games every day. You know? How do you – how do you – deal with that how you deal with like the stadium and the crowds and the i wear noise? earbuds earplugs oh, you? earplugs so i almost hear nothing but it's still that rush of live television i always have to worry when i'm in the middle of a basketball court and there's twenty thousand people if i trip mm-hmm. or what if i trip a cheerleader mm-hmm. or what if i trip coach k and he kills me totally you know it's uh there is that live rush of being on live tv um, Do you get nervous in front of being in front of all those people? Stadium full of people? No, but since I've kind of gained a little weight in the last year, like I really try not to be on camera, you know, because I go back and look at it and I'm like, wow, I'm so fat. But I'm <laughs> so disinterested in going to the gym and not eating bread and drinking Diet Coke. So Yeah, you're not supposed to drink Diet Coke either. You're supposed to just drink water. No FYI. shit. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to lose weight drinking Diet Coke. No. No. So, See, yeah, because, like, they have me do a lot of, like, the halftime shows for, like, Grizzlies or for, like, the Real Salt Lake Monarchs, you know? So I'll do – I'll be in front of, like, thousands of people. And it's weird. It feels really good. Like, I feel really – I feel more comfortable being in front of a stadium full of people than in front of, like, four people. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, it's so bizarre. Because I was thinking about – Sarah was ta- talking to me about that the other day when we had Star Wars night at the Grizzly Center. And we had the place. It was a pretty good crowd. And walking on ice, I wasn't phased by it at all, man. It was really weird. And even Sarah noticed it. She's like, yeah, look at you. Like, you weren't nervous at all. Because I, I don't know. I still get nervous in front of, like, 
but you got that waddle in you, you yeah. know, so you, <laughs> and you got giant feet, so you're pretty secure to the ground. Yeah, I, I do well on ice and other, like, you know, slippery slopes. But uh, we're about to get on the freeway here, so we're going to wrap this up. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to stop talking. Enjoy the interview. If you're going up to S- Sundance and you're a young journalist, you're going to learn some stuff. Yep. Like, he's the first journalist that we've talked to that actually said there's a light at the end of the tunnel in this thing. I've no, I've the thirty or yeah, forty yet. journalists we've talked to. I, we haven't heard that. Yeah, we haven't heard that from any of them. No, no, not at all. No. Yeah, this guy actually seemed happy. Yeah, he seemed happy to be a journalist. He seemed happy with his job. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, next week, Big Buddha. So, thanks everyone for listening, and keep an eye on earholemedia.com because we will have some more Sundance stuff coming down the audio waves. <laughs> Hi, this is Randall Carlisle from ABC4 Utah. Old Ute Radio will be right back after this. Sasha Bloom with Johnny McKeon up here at Sundance Film Festival 2016. We are with an Associated Press correspondent. Yeah. Yeah. What's your name, sir? Alan McGinnis. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thank you. Are you enjoying your Sundance experience? I am. You know, I love Sundance every year. Um, it's something, you know, I grew up here. Um, I remember when it started in 1986. It's changed a lot. Um, when it first started, you would see Robert Redford walking up and down Main Street giving out tickets because you couldn't get people into the shows. Um, and now you can't buy tickets. Um, things have changed a lot. Um, I like where it's going. Um, it's interesting. It's fun. Um, you know, if, if you're interested in film, come up, you know, try to get in to see some movies. Um, walk up and down Main Street, you know, you'll meet friendly people. You'll see stars. They'll be willing to take pictures with you. Um, if you go to the City Lift uh, lounge, there's usually stars that are in line that are willing to sign autographs for you, those kinds of things. Is it just a big PR push for Hollywood, or what's the real purpose of this? Um, in all honesty, really, Sundance, in my mind, is there, there's, there's two things. One is for filmmakers to sell their films, and two is for um, other entities to make money. But I think the biggest reason for Sundance is for people that have put a lot of hard work into films that got into Sundance and then now are trying to um, sell it and, and get their return back on it and get the film um, put out worldwide. As an Associated Press journalist, what is your focus for the beat? Um, my focus is the story, you know, the who, the what, the when, the where, and the how. Yeah. How did you get into writing? Um, you know, I, uh, I went to NYU, um, you know, I've just always, uh, been into writing. I love it. Um, I love being a freelance. Um, I love movies, you know, the two kind of tie in together. 
Um, and that's kind of how I got into it. And, you know, for anyone that's looking to get into being a journalist or, a, you know, a film person, you know, go to go to film school. Um, you know, locally they've got some good film programs. I know the community college just built a new $50 million film program, um, Utah State. Um, has a great film program, and they really are, the, and, and Utah Valley College also has a film program, but those three schools are the only schools in the state that have hands-on programs that allow students to get their hands-on equipment and play with it, instead of just sitting in a class and watching a movie and writing a paper and having a teacher that's never been on a film set and knows absolutely nothing about film writing or screenwriting. How important is it to be a five-tool journalist, you know, learning how to edit, learning how to videograph, learning how to write, learning how to speak, because you can't just be a print journalist anymore. It, it's key, you know, proper grammar, spell check, um, you know, you've really got to be well-spoken. Um, and so you have to think before you speak, um, and you really have to um, put a lot of thought into what you want to say. And, and, and get across what you want to say in the right tone and in the right context. Do you enjoy chasing celebrities around town? Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, when they're nice. Are you looking forward to any specific films this year at Sundance? Uh, um, yeah, it's a pig. I think I'm looking forward. Um, that's I, you know, that's one of the ones I think I liked. Um, but there are so many this year that are good. Um, but it's a pig. I think is my like, one of my favorite. Have you worked on a, any other movies or anything? Yeah, I've been involved in several movies. Um, you know, I uh, actually was in the movie Independence Day. Oh, really? Yeah. What'd you do in that? Uh, just a when the, the New York scene, when it's blowing up, I'm standing in the street getting out of a taxi. Really? That's yeah. cool. How'd you get that? Uh, through an uncle. <laughs> Nose rolling. <laughs> the director, so it's kind of an add-on thing. How many days on set were you for that? Uh, four. And I tripped 12 times getting out of the cab. <laughs> <laughs> they got it on the 18th take. <laughs> so you were a diva. <laughs> no, like, like it was on a green screen, except they had buildings and cars, and you know the expression that he wanted was like, "Okay, everything's blowing up. You need to look like you know all hell is breaking loose." And you know, I, you know, I finally got it right, but it did take 18 takes. Do you have any advice to anyone who's getting a start out in uh, their career in journalism? Anything that you wish you yeah, knew? Yeah, journalism or film. I think the biggest, you know, find someone to be a mentor. You know, um, if you're a journalist, a filmmaker, you know, try to hook up um, with a production company, be an intern. Um, I know being an intern sucks, but the bonus of it is you get to meet some really cool people and those contacts will carry you very far in your career. One of the things that has been a theme on this podcast is how scrupulous some production people are in terms of well, if you work for me for free on this, I'll owe you one on the back end. What's your feeling about working for free as a young media member? I, I think it sucks, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I especially when people are, are di uh, divas. Yeah. You know, I, I think um, having interns is a responsibility, and I think you need to treat them like people, and you need to be able to offer them something. So that's why it's important to find the right person um, to take an internship with. That's really key. You know, when I started out, I had the chance to work with some great people and, and those contacts got me to where I am today. And so I think, you know, y y whether you want to be a journalist, a film writer, um, get out there and meet people, um, try to find intern jobs, 
you know but when you take an intern job the goal is is a lot of times you have to start out for free but at one point it'll end and you will start getting paid and you just have to remember that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train it's actually a light <laughs> what? What, you can't wait for us? Jeez. I just knew you were so damn good. <laughs> so what's the most incredible story that you've gotten to cover in your career? Um, let's see. Most incredible story. Honestly, I would have to say um, I was in New Orleans during Katrina. Heartbreaking? Yeah. Um, the hotel that I was staying in, um, the power went out, and they literally had us go in the hallways as the rooms weren't safe. The windows were blowing up. Um, and then we got rescued by a boat. Um, and then it, from there, I was lucky to get out. I didn't have to go to the Superdome. But it was probably one of the most heart-wrenching situations I've ever been in, personally. How seriously do you take your career as a journalist? You know, because I kind of see it as you're a window between the government and the community. I think it's very serious. Um, I think we have a responsibility to report um, honest content, and that honest content needs to have real context. It can't just be a bunch of flub. Um, and I think that's really, really important. Is is the content? needs to have context and that's the a, a problem that i think our entire society faces right now especially like with the election that's going on the people for running they have a lot of content to say but what they're saying has really no context and that to me you know google the world the word content and google the word context and and that to me is i think the biggest thing that people don't understand is the difference between the two and how important they are do you think media in America has kind of forgotten the, that difference? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, the whole, you know, mass media changed in the 1980s, um, you know, with the beginning of Rush Limbaugh and talk radio shows. You know, it went from everybody watching the news at 5 p.m. to CNN and being able to get Rush, uh, Rush Limbaugh anytime you want. So I think it's changed a lot, and I don't think it's changed for the better. I think it's changed for the worst. Howard Stern, you'd put that in that group, too? Just um, I actually lived in D.C., um, and I remember when Howard Stern worked for D.C. 101. Um, you know, I, when he started out, he, he did a really good job. Um, and the reason he left D.C. 101 is because he kept getting fined yeah. by the FCC. I think, like, they got whacked for a couple mil. Um, but Howard, in my eyes, Howard is a good guy. Because he doesn't candy coat anything. He tells you exactly how it is. Welcome back from the break. We had to move because of DJ Jar Vicious. We had to help him get X96 out of the snow. So, yeah, with me, we're still continuing our interview. So tell me, tell me a little bit about the truth behind Sundance. So, really, okay, this is how Sundance works. Um, you make a film. You try to get it in. You get it in. You try to sell it. And you try to recoup what you put into it, and you try to make money on it. So how Sundance works is, is the first four to five days, really by Monday, the first four days, everybody shows up with the films that have gotten in. Um, they're seen. Offers are made. Everybody that are in the films that are big names does press junkets, and they're out of here by Tuesday. 
and the rest of Sundance is just people. All the magic happens in the first four or five days, and by Tuesday, um, the films are going to be bought or bought, and everybody's out of here. And most people don't know that. And I always found it kind of interesting because that's how it really works. People show up, you know, it's, you, you have a film in Sundance, um, you get it in, it, and then, you know, it also could be nominated for an award, but that's not at the end of the week. Um, but your goal is to sell it, and your goal is to sell it for more than you, you spent making it and to make a, um, a, a hefty return and also try to get it with somebody that's going to get it out there and has the money to back it and dump the money into advertising so you can get it into nationwide theaters. But that's really how Sundance works. So Sundance really, to me in my eyes, is really only four or five days. The magic all happens. Everybody flies in. Um, the main movies that are on the top of people's list get seen um, at private showings. Um, and then basically they get bought. And then everybody flies out of town. Wow. And the end of Sundance is just kind of people watching the movies. You know, most of the big wigs are out of here. Yeah, they gotta get back to work. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of how it works, you know. And and so, yeah, and people linger, you know, they want to ski and stuff. But all the magic happens in the first four or five days. So it st starts on Thursday. You know, they have the opening ceremony with Robert Redford. They have a couple dinners, um, and then people start pitching. But basically, the movies that have gotten into Sundance, people have publicists, and those publicists are already pitching before they even get here. And so they have already pitched those films to tentative buyers, and then once they get here, they're shown, um, and then the deals are made. And sometimes those deals are made even before they get here. You know, somebody makes an offer, and then they just firm it, and the paperwork is signed when they're here. Oh, wow. wow. How, how long have you been working? Um, this is my first year working with him. Oh wow! Great guy. Yeah. 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 Well, tell, can you tell me about his movie? Does he have one or? Uh, I really, I really can't get into uh, it. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. NDA. <laughs> oh, awesome. So you can't even <laughs> mention his name. Is that difficult? Like knowing all this really cool stuff, and then you have to be professional. Yeah. And... Yeah. It's really a bitch. Sorry yeah. But that. it's know. you know yeah. back to Sundance. You know, um, it's 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 a race. You know, you you, you bust your ass to make a really good documentary or film. Um, you enter it. And then you, it's like playing craps in Vegas, man. You throw those, those dice and you hope to God it gets in. And then once it gets in, you, your, your production team that you've hired and your publicist you hire, you try to sell it. And you try to sell it to somebody that has the means and the facility to get it out to nationwide theaters and the money to get it advertised. That's, I think, one of the biggest issues with Sundance films and why they don't, they, they don't get seen everywhere is because they get bought, you know, relatively five, six million dollars, and then the people that buy them, they do not, um, they have limited access. You know, they go on demand, um, Netflix, things like that. What do you think about Sundance becoming kind of more mainstream and a little less indie films, a lot more, a lot more films with bigger stars attached? What do you think about that? Um, it's good and bad. You know, I, I think it has a good point and a bad point. You know, to me, as a journalist, I, I love the story. And I think if you can tell the story um, in the proper way, with the proper context, um, that's key. Now, the key to that is, is, is getting the right players. And if you have access to, you know, because most of the people that work on films in Sundance, they just work for SAG fees, which is between 150000 200000 a film. And then they get a backdoor deal on the film if they sell it. 
Um, so that's, you know, the, the big stars that are actually in films, they're not making their normal eight, defend, eight 10, 15 million dollar um, salaries. They're just doing it for basic sag wage. For a young filmmaker, is it important to project the next year's theme or a theme in three years from now that they're um, going to try to enter into? Yeah, I do. I think it's always important to have vision for the future and keep the um, vision flowing. You know, I, I think, um, you know, where Sundance has started and where it's gone and where it's going to be, um, you know, it's, you know, like what, what's going to happen when Robert Redford passes away? I mean, he's in his early 80s, late 70s. Um, who's going to take over the reins? You know, and a little history on the Sundance Film Festival. So it started out as the Utah uh, International Film Festival, and it was down in Salt Lake City. Um, and then... Uh, they moved it up to Park City, I think in 84, 86, and then renamed it the Park City Film Festival. But those early years were rough, you know. Um, a lot of people didn't come. It was hard to get people into theaters. And now you hear stories on the news where people can't get tickets that live here locally. And that's what really pisses me off the most, is that I think if you're a local, not only should you have first access, um, you should be able to get the movies cheap. And I've heard a lot of horror stories this year of people that p paid the $500 to get on and then they went to go pick the movies they wanted to see and um, the system shut down and said it couldn't log in. There was something on 2 News Get Gap Heart the other night that I saw about some guy and I knew that ha that's happened to several people. So that's the bad side of it. But, you know, if things are going to happen. you got to roll with the punches and... And hopefully, you know, I, um, Sundance will continue to grow. It's grown a lot in the last 25 years, and it's going to be amazing to see where it is in 2020, 2025, 2030. How do you feel about the Sundance executives catering to international and national media versus local Salt Lake City media? Because for me personally, it's been very difficult and for iHeartMedia to get passes and credentials, and I've noticed it for several different companies more emphasis needs to put on um, local publicists and local film people and local press and they should have first access access instead of international and right now it's focused more towards international and and out of state you know new yorkers la um, and that i think that does suck just for the branding names you think or yeah, yeah. they want the names attached to it yeah well, we really appreciate your kindness. Yeah, it's been great, guys. It's been uh, nice meeting you. Like I said, you know, it's Sundance is a fun thing. Um, come up, check it out. Uh, if you're if you're getting, you know, if you're a journalist getting into it or a filmmaker, you know, find a good mentor. Um, learn as much as you can. You know, get some interim jobs. Those jobs do a good job for those people, and those things will pay off and come back to you. Karma comes back to you in a good way always. So it was great meeting you two guys, and I wish you a great Sundance.